for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in their hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I really love that word pondering. It just makes me so happy when I think about it. Okay, so today I want to welcome you to listening in to the show. We're always so glad to have listening friends join us. And I get to say that Anna Crafty Pierce is with us today. Thank you for co-hosting, honey. You're so welcome, Mom. It just makes me so happy to get to talk about fun things with you. I mean, this is like my favorite thing to do. I I love this so much. I don't know. I guess I'll get really, really old and I'll still be podcasting as long as you want to do it with me. I, I do I look love forward to conversations. I do love the ones we do that have experts and they come in and they talk about really hard topics. And we have tons of those on our website, but there are always a lot of prayer. And even in the breaks, sometimes I'm, we're talking about very serious topics and so when I'm with you, it's just like one thing after another. It's just funny. And I never know what stories you're going to break out from my past. <laughs> I sometimes do it on purpose to make you nervous. You do. Yeah. You you do. Gleefully. So what I love about the episode you do with guests um, who have, have experienced struggles in life is they're a comfort to me. They're yeah. not as easy to listen to as just chatting and laughing with you about life, but but there's a comfort to me in knowing that those people were willing to record their experiences mm-hmm. so that I can listen to them and not be alone when I'm struggling. I've actually gone back through the archive and pulled some things on different topics because I was like, I, I don't know what I think about this, but I'm going to get to do it. What what do we have? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I need to do that. I, and what happens when I'm talking to you is I start thinking of all these things I want to add to my list. So we're going to do one. I just... I just thought of another one. I want to do something about rebellious teenagers because, you know, your dad and I always say we don't even believe in teenagers. So that should be an interesting conversation. I'll find somebody expert to talk to us about that. And we're doing we're talking about mindfulness today. And part of for me being mindful and we've talked about in the past so much about history and our love of reading and history. And but part of being mindful is not letting not letting fear or anxiety or or, or pain from the past, hurt, wounds, frees you in the moment you're in that you get to influence. Wow. And, and for me, at least, part of that is knowing that I have resources and that I'm not alone. So that's mm. why those podcasts, I'm so thankful you've done them and you, those people have found you and you found them with, with dear stories. Thank you for that. And to, to share. So one of the things that's really great about today's episode, we're going to be talking about American patchwork. And we're doing this in the context of your specialty, which is education and as your love for reading, which is, you know, goes back generations in my family, but our family. But um, 
so, but we've had people in our family that were dyslexic, that couldn't read. It was really difficult for them. And so we're real sensitive to all the learning challenges that kids can have. And so one of the things I wanted to talk today about is we're talking about mindfulness, but we're also talking about patchwork and how textile art can actually be something that engages your child's mind enough to get them wanting to read, even if they're a reluctant reader. So I want to give a definition of mindfulness just to keep everybody on the same page since you and I talk about things kind of sometimes in our own way. Okay. (laughs) So I went ahead. We always do this. If you're listening for the first time, we're really glad you're with us. We define words however we want to, because most words have a lot of definitions. And so Anna and I just pick definitions we like. So uh, we're reclaiming words that have kind of gotten off. We think they've gone too far out of context, like they no longer make sense or they're used as insults now. But we love the word mindful. And so I've made this definition, Anna. Aware of oneself and others, alert for a good balance in life without self-condemnation. Yeah. So I I love that. that. I do, too. I was trying to pull in some different factors. So and especially when we're talking about kids that maybe have trouble reading, then they're going to pick up this feeling of defeat, you know, like they're just not smart enough or whatever. And that's just not true. That is not true. If you start studying this subject, you find out that is not the way it works. I I like the idea of mindfulness being a process of discovering your place in life. Yeah. And, and I feel that's in that definition you just gave, because the truth is you can struggle really hard with something and, and it not ever be your strength and struggle with it for the rest of your life. See me putting my foot in my mouth. And, <laughs> but that doesn't change the fact that I'm really good at other things. And it, and over the course of your life, you get to discover how your struggle is going to strengthen you, how sometimes you're going to be undermined by it, but it, it's a process. And also your strengths and how they're going to be a brilliant blessing to the people around you. Um, So I I like that definition, and I really like the idea of discovery being a part of it. Me too. And as we were talking about um, textile arts, I wanted to say, I just have to say this. We had a Spanish teacher who we all still love. He's a dear friend, but I won't say his name in public. But he used to say, textile, I'm not even sure if I can say it in Espanol, textile, And uh, it took me a whole semester to even know he was talking about textiles. But but we Uh have such a love for textile art in our family because we're here. We are in Texas. We have all this great um, art that comes to us from all over the world. But in particular, South American textile arts are really beautiful. But then you and I both love uh, Middle Ages art. So there's middle age tapestries tell these amazing stories. So you and I, of course, love those. And in a very personal level, often textile art helps you in in the context of mindfulness that we're talking about. It helps you know where your place is. For example, I inherited, and who knows how many sewing boxes they'd been in before I got them, (laughs) um, these beautiful quilt squares. And they all had a similar style, but in different fabrics. They had a cream that was the base of the pattern. And in the middle of this cream piece on each one of them was a different name embroidered. And I think those got mailed all over the country. And they were for my meemaw, your mom. And no one ever finished the quilt. But they had all the women. Like, every woman related to her in any way. And then some friends. Like, I've seen these names on the back of old black and white photos. 
So I took them finally because I'm sure they had been in my great grandmother's sewing box. And yes. my grandmother didn't really like to sew. She did some, she knew how, but she didn't like it. So they probably sat in her sewing box. I don't know if they ever made it to yours. They ended up in mine. So when my daughter was born, I took those and I don't quilt. I learned a long time ago. It's not therapeutic to me. I don't like the quilting process. I like piecing it, but I don't like quilting. Okay. So I took them and I made pendants. I folded the corners oh. up and back so they were little pendant flags. And then there were a few that were blank. So I put my name and your name and my daughter's name on them oh. and my niece and my sister. And I ran them up all in a row. So, and I have them at one of her birthday parties oh. across my dining room. And it's all the women on your side of the family wow. on a quilt. But they're oh, pendants wow. now because that's all I can do. And well, I, that, I, would, like, I would piece those together so for you if they're not too rotten. But I, I do. No. I love that. I mean, what a great use for something old. And then you have introduced that story to uh, your daughter and also communicated to her, her, like you said, her place. In other words, the strength of the women in our family is a, a, just a beautiful thing that you can keep passing down to her. Well, I love her that. Case, she has ancestors and we know them. Like I inherited art from my great, great grandmother. Corey Harper, who just for fun, she drew things and they were beautiful enough that multiple generations saved them. Mm -hmm. But some people, even if you don't have family where you can claim the women multiple generations who birthed you and prayed over you before you're born, we all have a heritage. I love that first section of Matthew where it gives the lineage of Christ and and those those incredible, of course, because I'm a girl, the men are incredible too, but I hear the women's names when they're in that list. And, and I hear the fact that that's like, isn't that Joseph's lineage who has no DNA tied to Jesus, but, but, but he's, he's the, it's the, it's the spiritual heritage. It's the, Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm part of Christ's lineage. Knowing who you relate to, who you claim as family is so important to, to belonging in a place and knowing where you are and where you want to go next. Okay, we can you believe I'm already getting the two minute uh, warning? I can't believe it. I, know. Well, I want to talk more about. I want to talk a little bit more about mindfulness versus self condemnation and and how that compares with sort of the Eastern religion because I know some Christians don't really appreciate or understand how far back mindfulness goes and why it has root, some roots in Christian tradition. So sometimes people get a little skittish about it. I've got Bible verses and quotes, so stay with us. I want you to know that most of what we talk about, I'll put in a blog. And so if you like to read as much as we do, you might want to go to Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com and find uh, the blog that relates to this podcast and many, many, many more blogs and podcasts. So this is Truth with a Texas Twang. Anna Crafty Pierce is my daughter. She's an educator and an artist, a professional artist, and does beautiful work. And I am myself. (laughs) Okay. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Help me, Toginet. You're my only hope. I want to start a podcast, but I simply don't have time. How do I take care of the details? Editing? Contacting guests? 
Where do I put it so that people can listen in? Fear not. The podcasting wizards here at TogiNet can take care of all of the details because we provide full-service podcasting for all of our hosts so that you can focus on your message. We even build you a webpage that you can edit. And we send your podcast out to Spotify and iTunes so that your message is easy to find. Wow, you can do all of that? You've magically cured my anxiety. Where do I sign up? You can find all of our packages on our website, toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. If you would like to talk to one of us, call us at 903-787-5880 or email us at staff at toginetradio.com. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations, life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home. Where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. on shrimp and catfish and mammy's good gumbo. I got that rambling. Hey, welcome back. Well, we are talking really fast today, and I have so many things I want to share. I mentioned before we went to the break that sometimes Christians get really nervous about mindfulness because they think it's an Eastern religion kind of creeping in on Christianity. But I want to remind everyone that in throughout history for centuries, Christians have practiced meditation. And you see it especially when you walk into Catholic churches, they have the Stations of the Cross, for instance. But Lutherans, Episcopalians, all, all traditions within Christianity have always practiced meditation. So that's just a fancy word, kind of a churchy word for mindfulness. What What is important is for us to know that comes to us from our Jewish heritage through Christianity to us today. So we don't have to be afraid of that. Now, I have a really sweet 
uh, quote that I was going to use on it from Colleen Long, who we love. I wasn't really sure how to process it. And by it, she means the emotional pain that went with the miscarriages she had had. I found myself or what I should say is yoga and meditation found me. It was a beautiful way for me to handle my grief and depression. That's Colleen Long. We interviewed her and that came from an episode we did called Five Tips for More Energy and the Mindfulness Triathlon. And then Erin Carey, I just want to throw her name out there too. Erin, E-R-I-N, Carey. She did one called Balance, the Brain-Gut Connection and the Secret of Mental Health. We've had so much in the in the news about mental health in the last couple of years, and we've done a ton on that. So if you'll look through our stuff on Fireside Talk Radio or Camp Crafty, kathycrafty.com, you'll find lots of good resources. Also, um, I like uh, what Brian Brandt and Ashley Kutosh talk about their blind spots. And Ashley was on the show, and she talked about having blind spots and what that means. And that's just the opposite of being mindful. When we have something we're not aware of that is hurting people around us or uh, something that we're not aware of that is really a strength that we could be using to help others. Anna, I know you came back into this segment with a Bible verse. Do you mind sharing it? Well, okay. So I, having talked while we're talking, I'm thinking. So I have a Bible verse I want to share. And then before I do that, I want to say you were talking about grief and processing yeah. it and, and how part of that is uh, slowing down and being aware of your environment and yourself and giving yourself time. And for our dear friend, in this case, it was yoga and some of those practices. And when I lost, my grandmothers were my best friends. And did you know, Mom, that each each time one of my grandmothers died, I laid down my paintbrush the first time. It was a total shock. I was in the middle of a painting. I loved it. I was I was totally engaged. And I couldn't paint. Oh. And I spent at least six months after each of my grandmothers died sewing and knitting oh. and weaving. I'm not, wow. I didn't even realize you weren't aware of that. And and so when Mimo passed away, when your mom died, I knew it was coming because I'd experienced it with grandma. Oh. But I literally physically process grief by sending a needle and thread through fabric or wow. cutting fabric or weaving, you know, sending my, on my little lap loom, sending the, the thread, the yarn in and out and in and out to create images and to blend color. And like, I, who knows how many of my little babies outfits I did while I was grieving my grandmother. <laughs> well, that is so interesting because we're talking about ways you can inspire your kids to read. And I know you have a Bible verse for us. I have a question for you. So share your Bible verse real quick. And I want to come back to this idea of textile art, reading, meditation, and how that can slow your child's brain down. So tell us your Bible verse. Yeah. Well, okay, so this is one of my all-time favorites. When my daughter and I, I mean on this one heavily, when we're having a moment where we're overwhelmed by our chemistry, which happens to us wonderful, imaginative, passionate, passionate people, I love this, what Paul said. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. I and love that's, um, 
Philippians 4, 8, and 9. And it's just as good before and after. Like picking these one, two verses out of the section is so problematic because it's such a good passage. <laughs> I know. I love that. And you know what? Did you know that's one of my favorite verses? I don't know if you're aware of that. Like if you were going to do a quilt for me, you could just put those words on each square and then bury me in that quilt. <laughs> It's, but it's I, so I would genius. say don't bury any quilts. That would be a waste of, of effort. <laughs> he's he's such a genius the way he says it because it's so clear that it is. It doesn't matter what else is going on in your life. This is the thing. This yeah. is the thing you do. You you do this no matter what else you're called to do. No matter how horribly life is going awry, you do this, and it says at the end at the end, and the God of peace will be with you. <laughs> it's just so dear. You know what I think is interesting? You picked that verse. I picked the one right before it for this. Did you know I picked this verse? Re- no. It's, uh-huh, four, four through seven. Rejoice in the Lord always. Yes, Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious that. for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I think it's amazing. We decide to do something on mindfulness and we both pick verses next to each other. That is crazy. Back to sewing and reading and education with this in mind. Okay. So this, this idea of gentleness and being aware of God's presence somewhere else in scripture. And I'm paraphrasing, praising greatly. It talks about being still and knowing God. Yeah. And, and sewing is different than drawing with a pencil or any other media I've really ever interacted with, a needle and thread, because you have to send it through one side and pull it and send it back through the other. And, and because it is a physical, mind motor skill kind of thing, it takes so much focus that you can't be, you, you really have to let your worries and your anxiety, you just have to let the other things in your brain and your heart and your body settle in order mm. to do it. Mm. You, you can't do it if you're focused on something else. And I love, even in years in my classroom, when I, I don't get to teach a unit on it, we'll do an experiment, experiment, quote unquote, day in our sketchbooks. And I'll give all my students needle and thread and teach them how to make a pocket out of paper. And we just sew three sides of a piece of paper onto the sketchbook page so they can experience sewing. Ah. And then they get inventive and do crazy things with it because now they know they can do it. Wow. It's well, so much I- fun. That does sound like fun. Um, And it is really fun to sew with kids, especially when you can punch holes and stuff and let them loop yarn through it when they're little. And, but I think uh, we were talking about patchwork and I was thinking how great that would be to talk about the way God brings different people into our lives and different color, just the color and the texture and the joy of combining unexpected things in a patchwork quilt. But when you talk about, um, this idea of focusing your mind I in reading, I can't help but think about knitting. Of course, that's just one thread, but it's uh, so beautiful the way the loops repeat themselves if you do it right. There's so well, much about that that's, that involves your whole body and your focus and your hands. And I don't know many knitters who are also computer programmers, and I myself know very little about computer programming. I've picked it up from the men in my life who are techie. But I do know it involves lots of patterns in its basic core. It's zeros and ones when you learn coding. Yeah. And then as you move along, it, it, it's lots of patterns and almost its own foreign language. Yes. And it's interesting because knitting, like I'll probably at some point teach my son to knit. 
And he doesn't have to be good at it. He doesn't have to do it more than once. But it is the same brain thing, except you're also using your oh. hands because it's all patterns. It's, oh. You have to learn all the symbols, and then you have to do the correct motions with your hands and your string in the correct order to get the pattern and you so, have to count rows and do them the correct number of times so if i understand you right what you're saying is with language especially a person that's having trouble reading what we're doing is lining up symbols and attaching meaning to them and getting the brain to process that but when you put needle like two knitting needles in their hands basically they're having to repeat patterns so the sequencing and some of the skills that you need for in writing with your pen or pencil. And or you either. can make up your own knit patterns once you know the symbols. And you don't have to use needles because for some kids, like probably for my son at some point, it, some kids don't have fine motor skills. They have big motor skills. And, yeah. and you know by the time your kid's in elementary school where their gifting is going to lie and what's going to not frustrate them. But you can knit with your whole arm. There's whole YouTube videos that explain how to make you know, a giant pillow or a giant scarf by using your whole arm as a needle. Wow. It's, and it's lots of spatial reasoning because the way the loops face affect the pattern. And, and also with quilting, the, my favorite part of quilting is the piecing, like I said. Yeah. And, and that's all geometry and math. And you don't wow. have to do it. I mean, you can do it in fabric and you can spend the money to get the batting and to really do it right if your kid okay. is interested. We've got one minute left. I'm just letting you talk because I love what you're but saying, you but you've got to wrap paper. it up. You can yes. do it in paper and still learn the math and it's cheap and quick. Yeah. Oh, that is genius. <laughs> and, you know, I love taking a hole puncher and some yarn. I mean, you can teach kids a lot of stuff with a hole puncher, some cardboard and some yarn. Uh, and then they can draw all over it and write words on it and even put and then uh, have to keep it forever <laughs> or and do what we did, you know, use a Bible verse to pick out your words. Okay. I just want to say thank you for joining us today. We have done a ton. We've got comic books and field guides, all kinds of different ways. Anna's been helping me figure out good ideas for how to help your child read. No matter what age they are or what skill level they are, we really love reading and we want to pass that joy on to all the children we know. So you can find more at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com. Where we teach, where we speak truth of Texas slang. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week. Oh,